0: So it's Christmas Day, and I I wanted to come into your life just after the presents got opened, and the house is warm and cozy, I had breakfast with your family, and you may be sitting on the couch right now, or you're laying in bed, and, and you got your phone, and you're scrolling, and you came across this. I wanted to talk to you about December 25th. It is the most celebrated day in the world. The world stops today, and whether we know it or not, everyone's celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Did you know that Jesus was actually born in 4 BC? It wasn't zero, it was four, and our world changed forever. Did you also know that the first Christmas, it wasn't celebrated until 330 AD, which means after Christ's death, and BC is before Christ, right? That means it was 340 years after Christ was born that we began to celebrate his birth. Crazy, right? took 340 years. In the United States, the US is 247 years old. And did you know that it took the United States 94 years to begin celebrating Christmas? It was on June 28th, 1870 that Ulysses S Grant declared Christmas a federal holiday. Crazy, right? 94 years to catch up with Europe. Now, I don't know if y'all know, but I'm a math guy. I have degrees in economics, business management, finance stuff like that. I really love numbers. So what percentage of the world believes in God? Two thirds, 62%, 10% are atheists, and the rest, well, they're just not sure. Now, you ever hear of a guy named Lee Strobel? Lee Lee Strobel, he was an atheist, a journalist, and an attorney, (laughs) and he had enough. He set out to write a book disproving Christ. He was gonna attack the Bible, tear it apart. He was gonna prove that the prophecies really didn't happen he ended up writing a book called A Case for Christ. Remember, he's an attorney. A case, right? <laughs> he originally wanted to prove that what was predicted in the Old Testament did not come true in the New Testament. Or it was just by chance. In other words, he was going after the prophecies. So he started out with Micah. Micah was an early writer of the Bible. And in 700 BC, before Christ was even born, Micah wrote that Jesus would be born in the town of Bethlehem. Now, at this point in time, there were hundreds of nations all around the world. And in 700 BC, he predicted it would be Bethlehem. And we all know what happened 700 years later, on December 25th, today, the world celebrates. There was also a prophecy made in 1012 BC. It specified that the Messiah's hands would be pierced. In other words, crucified, right? I mean, 10, 12, that's over a thousand years before Christ was even, didn't even, even existed. That could be a lucky guess. But did you know it was 800 years later that crucifixion even became a thing? The Romans invented it. It was a capital punishment. And it started 800 years after that prediction. Talk about faith. (laughs) Did you know that the Bible is 66 books? Composed and compiled over 2,000 years by 40 different authors that came from three separate continents. Okay, so let's get our head around this, right? 66 books, 2,000 years, 40 authors, three continents. It's really spread out. So one guy is saying something 2,000 years earlier, and 2,000 years later, someone's saying something else, and it's all coming together. What are the odds of eight prophecies coming true? Just eight. What if there were eight? If eight prophecies were to come true in the Bible, it would be the exact same odds—remember, I'm a math guy—it would be the same odds as if I took quarter dollars, and I covered the entire state of Texas with quarter dollars, and then I made it one foot thick, and then I made it two feet thick. Imagine. It takes ten hours to drive through Texas. I took one quarter, and I marked an X on it. And then I blindfolded you and said, let's let's go out to Texas— and I hid one quarter somewhere in the state of Texas, in a, in a sea of quarters, two feet thick everywhere. And I had you wander around for two months. And after two months, I told you to randomly bend down and pick up a quarter wherever you're standing. The same odds of eight prophecies coming true in the Bible is the same odds of you picking up that exact quarter that I marked. Amazing, right? Almost a statistical impossibility. But there's still a chance. There's still, a chance. There's still a chance you could pick up that quarter. I mean, we can't even predict the weather accurately, but we keep checking the weather, right? So, th- so that's eight prophecies. One dollar quarter in Texas. If you were to kick it to 12, it becomes almost unfathomable. If 12 prophecies were to come true in the Bible, it would be the same as if I were to take one grain of sand. It could be a sandbox. It could be an ocean. It could be anywhere. One grain of sand. And then I got a little tiny etcher, a little laser engraver, and I engraved your initials on that piece of sand. And then what I did was I got in a plane and I just I just flew out over the world somewhere and I dropped that grain of sand. And then I blindfolded you and sent you wandering for two years. And after two years, I told you, bend down and pick up a single grain of sand. Well, the odds of 12 prophecies coming true in the Bible is the same as you picking up that exact same grain of sand. And by the way, when it comes to sand in the world, it's estimated that it's 10 to the 25th power of sand in the world. That means 10 times, 10 times, 10 times, 10, 25 times. It's hard to get your head around that. You want to talk about faith. It takes very little faith to believe. Tremendous faith to not believe. Guess how many prophecies were made and fulfilled in the Bible? It wasn't eight. It wasn't 12. It wasn't 15. There were 300. 300. It's no wonder why Christmas is the most celebrated day in the history of the world. It's no wonder why the world stops. Because the likelihood of 300 occurring by chance, it's so small that it it is truly not comprehensible. We cannot get our head around it. There's not enough electrons in all the atoms of the universe to make the probability comparable. That's insane. You want to talk about faith? You meet someone that says, yeah, I don't believe. They have faith beyond faith. Because there's not enough electrons in the entire world to calculate the probability of the Bible just happening by chance. It takes no faith. I'm bringing numbers to the world here. This whole thing gets kicked to a higher level when you think about the idea that Jesus had nothing to do with many of the prophecies. It was other people in different times of the, of the world and different places of the planet. So no one could ever say, well, he just arranged it all to happen. Imagine Jesus shouting down from the cross saying, hey, no, 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 don't, don't cut up my robe and, and take pieces of it. Throw dice for it and see who wins the whole thing. After all, you got to fulfill Psalms 22, 18. Or during his interrogation, he would say, hey, make sure you beat me up and spit on me, because remember Isaiah 56? we got to fulfill that one. And how about after I'm dead, make sure you poke me in the side with a spear, because Zechariah 12.10, we got to make sure that one gets fulfilled. And oh yeah, make sure you don't break my legs like you plan to do the two guys next to me, because in Exodus 12.46 and in Psalms 34.20, it says that's what's going to happen. People ask me, they go, Randy, why are you so positive? Why are you so upbeat? Why are you so enthusiastic? Well, guys, everything we've ever said here on the podcast can be backed up in the Bible. You see, hope, hope is the great activator in our lives. And when there's hope in your future, there's power in your present. And the ultimate book of hope is your Bible. It's the manual for living, it's the ultimate book of hope. So this Christmas. This Christmas, I pray that we all have faith, even if it's as small as a mustard seed. You see, if we do, we will be able to move mountains. Merry Christmas, everyone.